Thank you for checking out this episode. A couple things that I want to emphasize. If you leave a positive rating and review, that will go a really long way. Super appreciative of everyone that does that. We just hit 50 uh, ratings and reviews. That's amazing. And we look forward to getting to that number 60. And, and you're a part of this. You're a part of what's happening with the Coach's Edge, coachesedge.coach. Simply by listening, you're supporting us. And we simply hope that we can give you a nugget or two with every single episode to help make you a better coach, to make a positive impact with the people that you are around each day, especially the kids that you are coaching. A couple updates about our summer schedule. This is the busiest summer camp schedule I think we've ever had, which is really exciting. Exciting for me. I'm excited for our summer camp run, which kicks off in early June. Um, we do have a few spots available at the time that I'm reporting this for some of our camps in Northwest Ohio, Bowling Green, Ohio. We have a shooting camp in June, one session for junior high, one session for high school. In July, we have an attack skills and game situation camp. Again, one session for junior high, one session for high school. We go four days a, a week with that in mid-July. And then the very first week of August, we come back with a finishing moves and shooting camp. August 2nd through 4th, again, we have a morning session for junior high, an afternoon session for high school. It's a little more advanced with the high school group as far as some of the drills and some of the moves that we make while making sure that we're still working on everything that happens at a high amount of repetition throughout the course of the game. So you can sign up for those at KramerBasketball.com slash events. And if you are looking to bring one of our basketball camps to your school, going to host one of our camps. We're now starting to put together some of our September and October and even early November schedule for what those are going to look like. And a lot of times it's a one day or two day, Saturday, Sunday, weekend type clinic. So you can reach out to me, contact at KramerBasketball.com if you have any questions about that as well. Thanks again. And as always, get after today. A warm, warm, warm Coach's Edge welcome to former teammate, old friend, Manu Langhammer. Manu, it is great to see you. It is great to, to hear you, and I can't wait to get into our conversation today. Thank you for jumping on the Coach's Edge podcast. <laughs> Steve, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm very excited, very excited to talk to you, see you, and uh, give a little bit of content for some of your heroes. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to find a lot of benefits uh, with some of the information that you're going to have to, sh to share from an athletic standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. But before we get into that, could you give us a little bit uh, of an introduction about yourself? Tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Yeah, um, so I'm a former teammate with Steve. So we uh, played basketball together uh, a couple of years ago. Before that, uh, I did my school. I did a little bit of uh, seven years of army and uh, while I was in the army I played basketball with Steve a lot and after that we uh, I decided to to go a little bit into the um, yeah trainer and personal trainer uh, way so so I decided to make a uh, university of three years three and a half years it's uh, I don't know the word it's uh, uh, you're learning and working at the same time do you have a word for this Steve so you're on school for a, for a week or two, and then you're going two or three weeks uh, back to work and doing what you learned in the school and you switch for a couple of years. Do you have a system like this? Um, yeah, I mean, it, 
what you're doing is generally a, a little bit different than the way that um, you do things at university in the US, but yeah. you might call it some form of like an internship that's associated mm -hmm. with the schooling that you have. That's probably the best comparison. Okay, okay, thanks. Um, so I learned a lot about um, training, strength training, nutrition and health. And uh, as I started with that, I decided, okay, this is what I wanna do for the rest of my life. Definitely not go to uh, stay in the army. I was happy when I was out of it. This is not what I want to do for a living. So um, yeah, I run deeper into into uh, the science and uh, and the practical stuff of training, nutrition, and health. And uh, yeah, since then, since ten years, I'm a health coach, strength coach, personal trainer. Uh, I had a couple uh, different parts what I tried. I tried to do more than medical stuff. I tried to do um, training with a lot of athletes. I try uh, to um, go into yeah, RIA and and um, coaching of daily habits, and uh, and one point I figured out so it all has to come together to be a good coach. So the last couple of years, especially the last four or five years, I went in very very deep into this uh, combination of. Training is important, but energy in the day is important. Sleep is important. Nutrition, supplementation, um, the yin yang of your life, yeah, when you want to call it like this, is very important to have any success. And uh, this is where I'm standing right now. So my daily work is stuff between personal training, health coaching, coaching nutrition, coaching lifestyle, coaching sleep, bring it all together and uh, help my, my clients to success. And it doesn't matter if it's a young athlete or an old woman who want to walk a little bit more <laughs> or want to feel a little bit better or the, the typical workaholic. It's helping everybody to get a little bit better in their life and have more energy for whatever they want to do. The athlete, okay, getting better in sports, but it's the same important for the other people to have more energy for their day. Sure. Now, this is going to have a lot of great uh, benefit for everybody that's listening and I didn't realize it's been 10 years that you've been in, in the business. That's, that's really amazing. And you have a variety of experiences, including a basketball player. And you were yeah. one of the, you know, the first uh, team that I played with uh, overseas. And um, yeah, I can't say enough about how uh, great of a teammate you were to me for somebody who's coming across from the U.S., didn't know anybody, didn't know the language. And, um, you know, you and, and some of your teammates welcoming me. Um, so, I mean, with, with who you are as a person, combined with your passion and knowledge for fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, it's, it's no doubt in my mind, your success in anything that you do. So explain a little bit of something that you're really passionate about, the importance of lifestyle and nutrition for overall performance. Yeah. Um, I think that what you just said is the most important thing what you can imagine. It's the base for everything. So on my website, uh, if you wanna check it out and you understand German, it's uh, training-gesundheitscoaching.com. <laughs> so you're probably not gonna find it because you don't know how to spell it. But um, I got a pyramid, a pyramid, you know what I mean? Pyramid. Um, and the base, is nutrition and maybe supplementation. Um, it's stress management and it's recovery. 
slash sleep. So these are the it's the Hold foundation. On. Let me, I want to I want to make sure I write that down live. So can can you yeah. break those those keys down again? Because I think that's really really vital. Thanks, man. It's uh, nutrition and supplementation in the base. It's stress management on the same level, and it's recovery and sleep on the same level. So I have three points in the base, what's important for me. So some people are going to say, hey, there is no training and movement in there. So and this, this, this is on purpose. Because these, these three things is, is the base for energy, what you can create during the day. So if there is no sleep, if there is no good nutrition, if you have too much stress and no stress management, there is no energy. So the energy level is over these three points. And then you have over the energy, stuff what you want to do with the energy. For the athlete, it's training. For the workaholic, it's there every day. For the mom, it's to handle their family, whatever it is. So the basis are these three things in, in, in my imagine, in my mind, and then you get energy and then you make something out of these for, of the energy. And uh, the, most of the people have one or two or three big problems in the base. And they wonder why training doesn't work, why I don't get stronger for the athlete, why I don't have more energy, why I'm stressed out all the time, why I'm getting sick all the time. So definitely basics first, and then we get the right energy to do what you want to do every day. So let's break these down into some smaller pieces. Uh, nutrition yeah. and supplementation. What is some advice for a player or a coach who's listening and they're trying to up their game as far as what they're putting into their body or what they're not putting yeah. into their body? Any just kind of basic, simple tips to yeah. get that level up? Yeah. I think the biggest problem in nutrition worldwide and especially for, for athletes too is the misunderstanding of do I get calories into my body or I do, do I, go, I get good food into my body? The most important thing is that I get real food into my body. I need, for example, vegetables and animals <laughs> and then you're doing a lot right. If you, if you put whole fruits, whole vegetables, whole greens, and good, high-quality animal protein into your body, you're on the right way. So this, this calorie counting and uh, too much supplementation is not going to work in my mind for the most people. And uh, it's overrated. That's what I think. And especially this, this nutrition thing. So, I mean instead of counting so many calories and focusing yeah. on that, it's more about what are you actually putting into your body, which also means what are you making sure you're not putting into your exactly. body? So, 100%. so what are a couple of those things that you see where you can tell somebody, Hey, if you just stop eating these things, or if you just eat less of these things, you're automatically going to start feeling better and have more energy. Yeah. Uh, the most people are probably gonna hear heard it. Sugar is number one. Sugar is not just bad, but I know some studies from from the states too, and uh, we too. But uh, Americans a little bit more eat too much sugar. We just eat too much sugar. Um, if if the food 
is not a vegetable or an animal, there probably is a lot of sugar in it. If you eat just food, what, what is in packages or something you don't know what it was at some times, uh, sometime, then it's probably a lot of sugar. Especially drinks, the pop, the, the lemonades is probably the worst what I know from, from the States. Because I was a couple of times in the States and visited my friends over there like Steve. So I know how much grape juice or these, these, these lemonade juices and pop you're going to get everywhere and how cheap it is. So probably that's, I think it's a big problem. Sweets, of course, is a big problem. And uh, if you avoid these, you're probably better than before. No, those are great. Those are great tips. And, you know, I like... It's, Pop, easy it's, it? it's nothing special. Right. And but I think in the U.S. we're doing a better job than we have when I was younger, at least, where yeah. not as many people are drinking pop like they used to. It's still, yeah. it's still popular, still common, and it's pop or Coke or soda, depending mm -hmm. on what part of the country you yeah. live in. But um, okay. I think we're, we are doing a better job with with that. Uh, so I think that's that's good. But yeah, I mean, if you can cut out or limit that, you know, chips and junk food like that, you're going to be doing Definitely. a lot of good, yeah. a lot of good things. Um, you met, you mentioned um, stress management. And I think yeah. this is, you know, especially in the US, it's such a fast paced, go, 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 keep working type environment. Um, what are some of your pieces of advice for coaches on how they can try to um, mm -hmm. limit some of the stress that we put on ourselves daily. So probably some people gonna heard that before we have 100 times more stress than 100 years ago. So with all the internet, with all the messages, emails, uh, these fast information where you can get everywhere, we have so much stress and no time to recover that our body has to, to handle this stress a lot more, but we're not it get more efficiency yeah so minimize stress is, is, is a word what i hear a lot so oh you have too much stress minimize it put it down but how are you gonna do this this is not this is not makeable not practical it, it that it doesn't work so the only the only thing what you can do is to manage stress and how you manage stress you try to make your body more uh, uh what, what's the right word a more ability to, 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 to handle the stress. I don't know the exact word right now in English. So that means if you're not eating enough during the day, that means you're starting in the day, you start working, no breakfast, maybe a snack between that, a not good snack. Your body is creating stress to lift your energy up. If you're not sleeping right and not enough, your body has a lot more stress the next day. So, so making the right food choices and eat enough during the day from the right uh, from 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 the from the from good um nutrients and going to bed early and sleep enough is probably the most important things what you can do to handle stress so if, if you have stress what you're gonna do say to your child don't say something or i i stop coaching or i stop working or i stop my boss to to be quiet because I don't want to hear it. It's not. It's not. It's not working. You have to handle the stress. You have to manage the stress, and you just can do it if, if you all the lifestyle is going the right way. Right. There's it's just so many specific enough. 
Yeah, there, there's so many notifications. The, the world is so fast paced. You could, if you're on your cell phone, you can get a notification, seems like every minute of some, somebody sending you an email, a text message, a notification on social media. Um, and so, I mean, for me, it's trying to limo, limit my cell phone usage. Yes. And trying to make sure very that, good point you know I'll put uh say okay i'd try to have a limit for you know what i have each day some days that's up just because i'm traveling and working i'm not able to to get on but for the most part um yeah i've noticed uh i've noticed the difference because i mean i tell you what there's been days where and 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 with my job a lot of my cell phone usage is you know i can use my cell phone and just work on there but it's not as beneficial as when i'm on my laptop or doing yeah. something else when I'm working on my cell phone, it's not as good, but I can get a lot of yeah. stuff done on my phone. Yeah. But the problem is and I look at my phone. It was like, Oh, you've been on the phone for five hours or six hours today. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, Oh, like, really? I spent that much time on my yeah. phone and I just feel, feel stress, feel more, more of a weight. And the times where I limit that usage where it's down to like three hours or something like that, I feel yeah. like, a, yeah. a better a better person it's huge um, it's, a, it's a very it's a very good point i've uh, just forgot about this but it's a very very good point the stress what you have with our phones is is huge um i uh tell my clients often to make in a social media diet so going away for a day for a week for a month there was no client ever who said it didn't feel very good never ever that's the Everybody proof right there is feeling the benefits yeah, that's what it is. And you're right. You should all, I mean, the same problem you have, I have too. So my clients ask me questions pretty much every day, a couple, and they're asking for, for, uh, for my schedule, when the next, uh, when the next training is, um, something works in their nutrition plan or something doesn't work. So they text me. So I could be on the, on a mobile phone, like the whole day, but right, sit there and take an hour answer the questions, get away. Yeah, that's, a key. Lot good for you. that's key. That's key. Yeah. All right. Let's talk uh, recovery and sleep. What are some, yes. what are some ways again, where you broke down these three key areas to improve our energy, one yeah. nutrition and supplementation two stress management, three recovery and sleep. How can we do a better job there? Yeah. The, the easier thing to get better sleep or more sleep is just going to bed early. <laughs> that's probably the easiest thing um i got a couple of points what i uh, tell my clients what makes a good sleep so a good sleep for me is go to bed before 11 o'clock yeah that would be a night a nice a nice time because a, a couple parts of the body of your organs and a couple parts of the brain just recovers before 12. so if you're going to bed at 12 at one or two o'clock there are some parts of your body who are never recovering and this is bad for you so go to bed early then you should fall to sleep in between like five to 10 minutes. If you're not fall to sleep in five to 10 minutes, there is something not perfect in your body. So you're not relaxed and down enough that your body can calm down and fall into sleep. Not enough melatonin, maybe, or too much cortisol, too much stress hormone, maybe. You have to figure that out individually, but um, you should fall to sleep uh, as soon as you can. Then you should sleep through the whole night. It's normal to sleep through the whole night, six, seven, eight, nine hours. And the most important thing, if you sleep as well, you see if you're waking up, you have high energy. If you're waking up and you have low energy, something is not right with your sleep. 
So if you're waking up five times a night, something is not right. If you're waking up, you have no energy, something is not right. So the, the fix, to fix this, you have to look at this a little bit individual. Most of the time, if sleep is not okay, you have too much stress that your body cannot come down at night or the body has a big problem to come into the deep sleep areas. I don't know the exact words, like the REM fast in English would be probably the same. These, in these deeper phases, you have to produce a lot of melatonin and you hold like, like your whole uh, biochemicals have to work perfect. So if you're waking up and you're not relaxed or recovered enough, probably there could be a problem too. And you have to check that individual. So I check it is with changing food at the evening, giving maybe a couple of supplements. I'm not a fan of melatonin, just if you're traveling, but um, not like in normal life. I've heard, uh, it's, it's funny you brought up melatonin because I mean, I've never taken it. My wife hasn't taken it, but I know a couple of people that have. And uh, one person I know, it was like they were drugged, like they were just knocked out. Yeah. And um, yeah. another person had some really kind of strange effects from, from taking it. So okay. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. The, the problem with the melatonin is when you take it, your body stops to producing it by himself. What's not good for you. And, a, and the second thing is what I don't like. So we get addicted pretty hard. So I know a couple of people who take it. It's, it's in Germany, Austria, a couple of people take it, but not a lot. But I heard from a couple of people they have like addictions and uh, have to come down from this drug again for a couple of weeks and a uh, little bit of fever and, you know, wow. sweat all of that. It's not, I think it's not good for you. You should give the body what he needs to produce the melatonin by himself. And you should give his, the, the, the body maybe a little bit more of this, these things. Um, mm -hmm. But most important. So you did manage with that. You did mention with that earlier, nutrition and supplementation. Yeah. You mentioned some of the nutrition. Yeah. So while we're on the supplementation aspect, you know, is there anything that you do recommend, you know, athletes taking yeah. to try to get more of them in their system, yeah. especially they're burning so many calories, they're burning so much energy when they're playing their sport. Yeah. Uh, from, from a supplement standpoint, the thing what every athlete should be on a high level is vitamin D. Probably most people heard it, but vitamin D should be on a top level. Um, you should check this. Um, the next thing what every athlete can uh, have benefits from is a good magnesium magnesium relaxes your brain magnesium relaxes your body magnesium is one of the supporters or the makers from you you need for the process of making recovery and producing melatonin you need a lot of magnesium so we close to 30 right here um, especially in the evening a good magnesium in the evening can help you to bring you down and relax more and uh, bring you in the deeper sleep phases so I like to uh, combine uh, magnesium with um, protein and carbohydrates, uh, carbohydrates in the evening. So uh, tryptophan is an amino acid, what you need to produce serotonin and melatonin. Then you have um, the carbohydrates, what brings you down. And maybe I have to explain this a little bit more. So the most people think Carbohydrates give you energy, and you, as an athlete, you need a lot of these, but the most people say don't eat too much carbohydrates at night because maybe it makes you fat or something like this. But if you had a, like a big table of noodles at noon, how are you going to feel? Yeah. What is it if you had a 
Yeah, I'm going to feel tired. I'm going to feel tired. Yep, for sure. That That's what it is. So you feel like training and working? No, you feel tired. Why? Because carbohydrates bring your blood sugar up and then your blood sugar falls when insulin is coming into your body. Okay, when you get insulin uh, producing, so blood sugar is going down. Every time blood sugar goes down a lot, your body produces serotonin. It's like a feel-well neurotransmitter. And if you produce a lot of serotonin of the feel well neurotransmitter, you start producing melatonin. So if you eat in a lot of carbohydrates with no training and no activation, in the middle of the day, you're getting tired. Like this couch feeling or this like uh, office sleep when you had a lot of uh, carbohydrates. So why not using this process to get you down in the evening? I think it's a very good idea. Getting carbohydrates in the evening, get a little bit of protein, for the tryptophan and uh, magnesium. And, and this in combination normally brings your body down a lot and uh, allows you to recover perfect at night. It's not working for everybody, but it's working for the most people, I think. No, that's, that's funny you say that because I, I absolutely agree. And, um, you know, people say different meals should be maybe your biggest meal of the day. And, um, mm-hmm. but I, I've noticed that that's probably the most benefit that I get as far as if I have a higher carb meal, mm-hmm. it's that the latest one that I have, I have at night, my dinner, my dinner meal. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Benefits from, from that. Yeah. And, and usually you're right. Like I haven't really put all that together, but I feel like those are probably the nights where like I slept really hard that night and yeah. then, you know, wake up the next day and you just feel like you got some energy in your system. So yeah. uh, painting that picture that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but vitamin D, magnesium, amino acids. Um, yeah. While we're on this uh, subject, I've heard magnesium. A lot of athletes cramp up, right? They're, they're yeah. cramping. And, and this has more to do with just not enough water in their system. Mm-hmm. What are some, some things that they should be mindful of to reduce the risk of cramping during a game or practice? Uh, hydration is key. Hydration is key. So if you're cramping, you have not enough water probably in the muscle. So there are some, um, there, there are some other points who, what, what are necessary to uh, give you a good hydration in, in cell, but uh, drink enough is the most important part. So if you have uh, a supplementation of calcium, uh, calcium, calcium, what's the calcium? English word? Calcium. Calcium, calcium is one point. No, um, I don't know the English word of calcium right now. Uh, potassium. I, 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 yeah, potassium, what it is. Exactly, okay, potassium. potassium. Yep. So you need the potassium, you need magnesium, and you need water, and maybe electrolytes, what you have in a good, maybe sports drink. Um, yeah, that it's not happening that you're going to cramp. If you Having cramps all the time, maybe something is not working right in your body, but you have to check it uh, individually again. Um, and if I had athletes who are cramping, especially after hard trainings or games, uh, I put them into a, a bath, like a full bath with magnesium salt. I don't know if you yeah, yeah, using this. Yep, yep. Like Epsom salt is, yeah. uh, is, is the word I think I know. So yeah. that's perfect. So yeah. uh, you get in a lot of, you get a lot of electrolytes into your body, then water into your body. Your body is recovering a lot harder, a lot better than, than before. So drinking enough electrolytes, 
like a good like a good sports drink is doing a good job if there is not too much sugar in it maybe all right last working the other way last question before we get into more training and some exercises and things of that nature uh thoughts on caffeine you know yes no how much when you know i know there's a lot of great coffee in europe yeah yeah it is it is that's how i got stuck on coffee is my time overseas (laughs) i i like coffee i like a coffee or two in the morning and i think it's not a big problem for you so if your sleep is good if you're not drinking coffee too late like four or five or six o'clock in the evening and you 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 feel you can fall to sleep later or worse you should drink it or you should not drink it that late you should drink less um but a coffee or two in the morning I think it's not a big problem. Uh, I think like a, like a creamy caramel chocolate coffee with 5,000 calories is not the right thing for you. So you should drink a good espresso, a good coffee creamer. Uh, there is, should be maybe no milk, no sugar in it and enjoy like the bitterness of the coffee. It's healthy for you, no calories, um, pushing the cortisol a little bit and could be a good thing for you if you're not making like a cake out of it with putting too much cream and sugar into it. <laughs> well said, well said. You guys have, you know, you guys can knock out some espresso over there, low calorie and you get in the bank for the <laughs> yeah. buck for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's talk exercises. Um, you know, we've, we've worked on building that base, as you mentioned, with nutrition, stress, recovery and sleep. Now let's talk about some of the exercises that you recommend we do uh, as athletes to work on our athleticism and to become more dynamic. Yeah. Um, the most important exercise for, for an athlete, it depends a little bit on the sport, but um, probably every uh, athlete should do some kind of squats, lifting, pushing and pulling. Um, every sport is different. And you got uh, every sport's got different movements. What's maybe more fitting into his sport? Um, but like, I don't know one one athlete or one sport where guys shouldn't be doing a good squat, maybe a good deadlift, trap bar deadlift for a basketball player, maybe because he's not that flexible or too tall. Yeah. Uh, if your if your base is good, if you have a good squat, good flexibility, good technique, you should lifting, doing cleans. Uh, for for jumping uh, for jumping sports, you shouldn't do power cleans. It's a little bit of weightlifting, but concentrate on the on the power part. Uh, everybody should do a little bit of bench pressing, pull ups, doing at least a couple. And uh, if you get better at this, or if you get stronger at this, your athletic performance is definitely going up. So jumping ability and back squat is like the correlation number one. If you squat 30 kilo more i promise you you can't jump higher i promise you there's no chance this is not working um so what, what, is, what is what is your what is your uh, like experience with that um so i have my right knee is in pretty bad shape so mm-hmm. i so i've had a lot of trouble doing squats Mm-hmm. Like I, like I used to. Um, so I, what I have, some of the exercises that I've used to kind of get around some of that is, um, like some body weight squats or some goblet squats where I have the weight in the front mm-hmm. and going yeah. down, but, but it's not high weight, high stress weight. Um, that's been good. Um, 
I've been doing a lot of lunges, like a ton of lunges. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that a couple hundred meters. Yeah, yeah. And and so that's helped um, build a build a lot of my my legs, um, my lower back. And it has taken away some of the knee pain that I've had in previous years before mm-hmm. I started doing a lot of lunges. And then you mentioned the, the trap bar deadlift. And I have one of those in, in the basement and mm-hmm. being able to, to use that to somewhat get into that. It's similar to a deadlift, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's very similar to that squat position. And it's very yeah. similar to a jumping position where you're in yes. that position instead of that weight with a straight bar deadlift and it's all out in front of you, it's centered around your body. And so being yeah. able to go down and come up with that, um, you know, it hasn't given me a lot of the knee pain that I have with some squats. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a basketball player, um, mm-hmm. that's a position where I do that lift and I'm like, yeah, this translates to what yeah. I'm trying to do in a game. So th- those are the few of the exercises that yeah. I found lower body that have really helped me. Uh, I have the exact same problem what you have and the trapper is, is, is rescuing me and helping me, but I got the problem with my lower back. So I have the problems with my lower back and I couldn't do any lift with the, with the normal barbell, like uh, deadlifts, I had problems, I felt it. Um, squats, deep squats, I, I felt it, I had problems. That trap bar is saving me right now. So uh, I had a big back problem last year and I started like trap bar 40 kilos. That's about 85 pounds or something like that. What's really not much mm-hmm. um, with pain. And the trap bar helped me like in four months right now. I am uh, can lift 150 kilo right now. So it's like 320. So in a couple of months, I was pain, no chance, couldn't do any lift with my, with my lower body and the trap bar did did help me a lot. So you're, ta- for a, for you're talking a- like in pounds, you're, you're talking from going probably 135 pounds, which would be like a plate on each side. To no, it's like 40 like- kilo. Yeah, 40 kilo is about like 85 pounds. I had 85 right. pounds yeah. I lifted, I had pain. Yeah, so that would be like one on each side. And now you're talking into, you know, the 300 pound range would be, you know, like three plates, six total plates, probably. Um, that's a, that's a really big, uh, that's a really big difference. Um, but yeah, that's one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite, favorite lifts. Um, so you've talked about some of the things that we can do to, to improve our, our strength and our explosiveness. Um, and you mentioned in your email, something that I thought was just as important, but it's not talked about nearly enough. Mm -hmm. You, you called it steady state cardio. And so mm-hmm. explain what do you mean by steady state cardio and how that can be detrimental to many mm-hmm. basketball players specifically. Yeah. Um, the problem with the steady state cardio is if you want to do as a sport, steady state cardio, it's perfect for you. So if you want to run a marathon or want to do a hundred kilometers on a bike, uh, yeah, do run long in steady state and sit on a bike and run for a couple hours. But the correlation is not very good or the, it, it's not helping for your athletic sports because there is a big difference between endurance and condition. So these words exist in English the same like in German. It's like endurance and condition. The endurance is to do a special pace for a long time without getting fatigued. Condition 
is to do in like the best level of jumping, sprinting, game action, and to repeat this a lot of times. Perfect would be for the whole game. So there is there, these things are two complete different things. It's it's a difference, and I can two hours run pretty slow, not getting fatigued, and and all this good. Or I do in a basketball game, like with forty minutes or fifty minutes, sprinting, stopping, jumping. These two things have nothing to do with each other. So people say there is like a, a basic endurance what you need for every sport. Yeah, kind of. But if I can run 40 minutes, uh, I got this. If I can run 40 to 60 minutes without stopping, I got the base endurance to train for real basketball. And then I have to train in the basketball. Uh, yeah. Or for every other ball sport or sport, I have to do what I need in this sport. And this is not too really slow running for a long time. I hope I could explain it a little bit like that, 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 you, that you guys understand it. Big difference between endurance and condition. And oftentimes, at least in the US, I feel like we use those terms interchangeably. But you did yeah, a really exactly. nice job of explaining like, no, there's a big difference between being in great condition and having great endurance. And I think that many athletes, and I throw myself into this category, especially when I was younger, like high school, especially of thinking, I have to build this real big endurance base so that I can do other things off of that. And I was on another podcast talking to a coach. I was like, that really hurt me, especially when I was younger, because I wasn't as athletic as I probably should have been because I spent so much time making sure I could just keep going for a long period, period of time. So I think most athletes, like you talked about building a general endurance base as far as like, can you just do it? Most of them probably already have it. Like they don't even yeah. need to, to, exactly. to concentrate on it. If you're playing basketball and open gyms, you already have it already. So just concentrate on building the condition or the performance type movements and exercises. Exactly. So I'll put you on the spot right here. If you had say 45 minutes, with with a, a basketball player or a team, what would some of those exercises look like to help them work on that condition to perform better on the basketball court? Uh, game movements, game movements with full speed. So if do if you doing, if I have forty five minutes and I want to get these people better in athletic basketball performance, I would probably just let them play basketball. Like if you have a ton of time, if you have 10 hours a week, okay, we can build on strength, we can build on shooting, on skill set, and so on, and so on, and so on. But if you have 45 minutes and you want to do the best what you can do for getting play basketball, let these people run up and down a court, defend hard, and play basketball. As more time you have, the more you can get special and get into special things for playing ball, is the most for the condition for playing ball. That's that's awesome. Um, I love it. And that as, as you get more time, you can probably look at, okay, what are the movements that we really want to concentrate because maybe we're not doing those as well. Maybe jumping or, um, yeah. you know, your first step, like just the first couple of steps, getting down from one end of the court to the other. And then you design some exercises focused on that. Was that something you would mm -hmm. do? 
Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. If, if there are weaknesses, making it strength, pretty much every who was successful said that. So uh, you, you just, the, the chain is just so good, like the weakest part of the chain. Did I translate that right away? Like, if you have a, a you're strong only, yeah. chain, the, you're, you're the, only the as weak, strong as your weakest link. Yeah, that's the. That's what it is. Quote. We say, yeah. like, again, I'll be saying, like, a chain and uh, that's the, the weakest part of the chain. Sure. Yep. That's strong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if there are weaknesses, work on the weaknesses, of course, making them strengths. Yeah. Uh, that you can do. You can work on steps, you can work on shooting, you can work on defense. Uh, but if you have not a lot of time, do this, what you do in the sport or in the game. That Very good. I, I think I think it's it's not did enough because uh, you said it, when you were young you did too much running and endurance space making. My trainers told this to me for years, like the, the whole preseason we spent like three weeks of the preseason to run outside for three times a week. There there was no reason for that, no reason. We were slow, we were not athletic, and we were so fatigued. <laughs> We were so fatigued, like we were in the overtraining, no nutrition, no sleep, young child who making stupid stuff every time. And we were running, running, running. I could run for one and a half or two hours pretty fast. So what? And I jumped this high. I jumped high <laughs> like a book. <laughs> Horrible. Oh, uh, that's, uh, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that, but that's a great, you can't <laughs> yeah, say it better than that. So you saw that a couple of years, man. You saw how high I jumped, like a book, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're you're six seven, so yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's that's funny. That's funny. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about some of the the negatives or some of the mistakes that could lead to injury. So you mentioned overtraining a little bit or just doing things that don't translate. What are some things that you see athletes doing that you're like, whoa, 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 we we got to stop. We got to pull it back. If you keep doing what you're doing you're more likely to be injured at some point. Um, there is a sentence what I, what I use in the last weeks and months a lot. And uh, this, this, this sentence is never trained on dysfunction. The sentence never trained on dysfunction uh, did get put out from uh, Thomas Andrecht, one of the most successful physical therapists in whole Germany, uh, works with uh, first league uh, football, basketball players, um, flies all around the world or uh, get invited to, to um, work on with people. And I uh, had the, the chance to, um, had a couple hours with him, talked a little bit to him and did some get education from him. So this, this never train on dysfunction means right now a lot to me. What it means in, in, in context to the, to, the, to the training. If there is, is a problem somewhere, find out what it is and fix it. So if there is a player who has problem with the lower back, don't try to overtrain him. If there is a knee problem and or somebody is not moving right or the performance is going down, so it's, it not has to be an athletic movement, but at some point something is not working, you have to find out the reason why it is and then try with good people or professionals to fix it. It could be hormones, movements, muscles, recovery, whatever, but never train on dysfunction. Something in your body is not working, fix it. If you're not fixing it, I promise there is some point you're getting injured. What are some things that they may not be feeling or noticing that there's a dysfunction, but you see it 
and you're like, you may not feel it right now, but maybe it's a month, maybe it's six months, maybe it's a year down yeah. the road. That's going to be, you know, possibly an injury could, for you. It's good. It could be, it could be easy things like tightness in a muscle. Like if you're having a, a hard squat workout with you in 10 times 10 reps, like a hundred hard reps, you probably, your, your quadriceps is going to be hard and, and tired. Okay. But if you're feeling like every time you practice, you have too much tension in the calves or too much tension in, in the lower back, um, and it's not hurting you, but you feel like there is something not right, too much tension in the, in the IT band on the outside of the, of the foot or something like this. That the risk of an injury is going higher and higher and higher every time you train. So everything what's not feeling right in your body, you should talk about as an athlete with your coach, with your therapist, with a doctor, and try to figure out what it is. At some point, it's going to get in a problem. And if you're looking from a not sports standpoint or athletic standpoint, if you're having problems with your, uh, with your gut or with your stomach, then you probably cannot getting good nutrients into your body and the risk of an injury getting high too. If you're going to probably in the middle of your body and gut and stomach making you problems, no protein maybe is coming into your body, no vitamins maybe into your body, no magnesium is maybe getting into your body and then a muscle pops. So these two examples of what can happen and if anything is not working right, not good for you, you have a problem anywhere in your body, try to fix this. And it's good something crazy like in your stomach, in your brain, and then a yeah. muscle or something else can get injured. Now, it's a great thing to keep in mind because I think oftentimes it's easy to get caught up in what's the training look like or what's the technique or the lifts look like. But if you're not paying attention to all these other resources as far as yeah. sleep, hydration, nutrition, yeah. stress management, that base that you talked about before, those could all be things that affect the exercise that we're doing, which then lead yeah. to the injury. So there may be nothing wrong with the way that you're training physically, but there exactly. might be many things wrong with mm -hmm. your lifestyle that's mm -hmm. negatively affecting the performance that could lead to injury. That's really great stuff for uh, all man, of us you to listen. keep in mind. Exactly. You I try, man. I got a, you I got a nice page full great. of notes. <laughs> um, as we finish out the, the podcast, what's some of the best advice that you've received when you were a player or maybe as a coach or maybe in the, the fitness industry? Uh, some of the best advices I just talked about the last, the last minutes or the last hour. I don't know how long we're talking. Run, run away at the time. So um, don't, don't put the focus on one thing. See the whole thing. Uh, look at everything what 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 can be important in with the athlete we just talked about lifestyle nutrition sleep it all matters it all can be a factor and uh, I learned that every every good coach I ever talked to every good trainer or therapist I, I talked to thinks about these things a good trainer cannot just be concentrate on how you lift he has to know more about the whole body or he has to have good partners or colleagues who help you with these other with these other things so um, I think it's great that you that you invited me for for talking for this for this stuff and I I saw on on, on social media that you're working with a lot of good people and uh, that's why I think you're having you having a lot of 
success and will be having a lot more success in the future with your with your athletes because uh, you try to learn and try to get better and uh, if you want to be good and if you want to get better invest go to the best people you can train or learn from the best people you can and uh, then you definitely get one of the good ones well i appreciate i appreciate that and um yeah, we're all, I mean, with Coach's Edge, we're all trying to, to improve in some way, shape, or form. As coaches, I know I've improved a ton from doing interviews like this, such as yourself. And I just want to take a moment to recognize you personally before we, we finish. You're one of the best teammates I've ever had. You're one of the best teammates I've ever had. I finished college. I fly over to Germany. I don't know a soul. I don't know who I'm playing for, what city I'm going to be living in. And I'm a pretty introverted guy. It's easy for me to just kind of do my own thing. And you went out of your way to be a great teammate, to be a great friend. You invite me over to, to your house. I meet your family. We, we have meals together. We have Thanksgiving. Spend the night at your house. You come over to my little like hostel apartment and we, and we hang out. We go downtown. We do all of these things. And so what you did for me as a teammate is something that I'll always appreciate. And I learned a lot from you there that I tried to apply later on with future teammates that I have, invite them over, cooking meals for them, um, things that I try to do with the athletes that I work with and emphasize how important communication is regarding building positive relationships. So that when you're on a team, you know, you're, you're together, right? You're, you're together. Yeah. You're playing for each, for each other, working for each other. And a big part of making that happen is what you do off the court, how you treat people, how you include people. Don't expect your teammate to go all out and do everything for you if you don't care about them off the court. And so I just want to recognize you because you appreciated me for who I was off the court. And that made me wanna play at a higher level for all of my teammates, yourself included, when we were on the court. So I just wanna thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for being on the, the Coach's Edge podcast. Uh, thanks very much, man. This was, it was, I loved it. And uh, I think this, this time made a, made a bound, a bound between, between us. So mm -hmm. we didn't talk for, for years, one or two years. And in the last month, we had a little bit more contact and I love it and uh, appreciate everything you said. It was a great time. And I had fun with, with, with every minute we spent on and off the court. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. If you find it beneficial, please subscribe, rate, review. That goes a long way as we continue to build the Coach's Edge. If, if you're watching on YouTube, a thumbs up. A comment of what you, you enjoyed goes a really long way. Um, Manu, I'll put your contact information on Instagram um, below the description below if you guys want to connect with, with Manu as well or ask him any questions. I'm sure he would be happy to uh, help you as well. So thanks again for listening to the Coach's Edge. And as always, get after it today. Thank you for checking out this episode. A couple things that I want to emphasize. 
you leave a positive rating and review, that will go a really long way. Super appreciative of everyone that does that. We just hit 50 uh, ratings and reviews. That's amazing. And we look forward to getting to that number 60. And, and you're a part of this. You're a part of what's happening with the Coach's Edge, coachesedge.coach. Simply by listening, you're supporting us. And we simply hope that we can give you a nugget or two with every single episode to help make you a better coach, to make a positive impact with the people that you are around each day, especially the kids that you are coaching. A couple updates about our summer schedule. This is the busiest summer camp schedule I think we've ever had, which is really exciting. Exciting for me. I'm excited for our summer camp run, which kicks off in early June. Um, we do have a few spots available at the time that I'm reporting this for some of our camps in Northwest Ohio, Bowling Green, Ohio. We have a shooting camp in June, one session for junior high, one session for high school. In July, we have an attack skills and game situation camp. Again, one session for junior high, one session for high school. We go four days a, a week with that in mid-July. And then the very first week of August, we come back with a finishing moves and shooting camp. August 2nd through 4th, again, we have a morning session for junior high, an afternoon session for high school. It's a little more advanced with the high school group as far as some of the drills and some of the moves that we make while making sure that we're still working on everything that happens at a high amount of repetition throughout the course of the game. So you can sign up for those at KramerBasketball.com slash events. And if you are looking to bring one of our basketball camps to your school, you're going to host one of our camps. We're now starting to put together some of our September and October and even early November schedule for what those are going to look like. And a lot of times it's a one day or two day, Saturday, Sunday, weekend type clinic. So you can reach out to me, contact at KramerBasketball.com if you have any questions about that as well. Thanks again. And as always, get after it today.